0: It's good to be here, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I'm excited to be here. And uh, James told me, James is my three-year-old son, he told me something quite profound this week. Sometimes when I'm driving him in the car, he'll sit in the back and he'll just yabber away at himself. He just talks about all kinds of stuff. And this week, he said to me, we were driving along and he had just seen a garbage truck. He wanted to check to see if I had also seen the garbage truck, which I hadn't. And then he sits there in silence for a little while and he says, Daddy, you know, when you go out of the house, you never know what you might see. And I just thought, do you know what? He doesn't know how profound that is sometimes when you step out of your house, you never know what you might see. That's all we're going to talk about this morning. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much. Why don't I give them a hand? We've been talking about stories, the kinds of stories that we tell, the stories that we live, and the hero's journey throughout that. And Today we're going to talk about the part of the, in every story that stands between the hero's ordinary world at the beginning of the story and the new world, the unknown. The part in between is the call to adventure. It's until one day. So, once upon a time there lived a man with many daughters, and they lived happily on a banana farm. I don't know why I keep coming back to bananas when I make up stories, but that's where we are, until one day something happens. And I learned the importance in storytelling of the call to adventure and this moment until one day when I was in Los Angeles about eight years ago. So let me tell you the story about how I learned the importance of the call to adventure. My business partner and I had won a film pitching competition in China, and the prize for that was to go to Los Angeles and go to a Hollywood immersion program. And so we flew off to LA, and we met one of the participants there. There was people from all over the world. And one of the guys there with us doing this course was this really cool dude from Chile. And he, like, he was, you know, you can't get cooler than this guy. He, would, he taught us how to walk. He said, if you guys ever come to Chile you you have to walk like me which is like like with real swagger he said if you don't you'll get killed on the streets and so this guy was so he's cool right but he'd made a film for $10,000 which is extremely cheap so i was interested he produced that and so i asked him what's the film about what's what's your what's your movie about and he said well you know it's about a guy who he comes to the airport and he goes, checks through and he goes on uh, his car and hires a car. He goes to a hotel uh, in the hotel he checks in and puts his bags in and goes out of the hotel and starts to walk around the streets. And, watches. and I, by that stage, probably like you have just done, I tuned out and I was thinking to myself, man, this guy is really, really bad at pitching his movie. Like he doesn't know how to tell the story of the movie. So I get the DVD of the movie that this guy has made and I go and put the DVD on. You know how some people just tell you all the wrong bits of the story? They don't know how to tell a story. They just tell you all the wrong parts. Yeah, that wasn't this guy because I put the DVD on and it's a movie about a guy who checks in, uh, goes into a hotel and then leaves and walks around for a little while. There is no story. Literally nothing happens. It is so boring. And so he was telling me about, he wasn't actually telling me the story badly. There just is no story. And so without, until one day, you don't have a story. I would argue his movie is not a movie. His movie is a very long music video clip without music, or what normally makes music video clips interesting. It's just a very long piece of video. There's no story there. And so every story needs until one day. Until one day is the catalyst. It's the inciting incident that kick-starts the plot. So in The Lion King, it's Mufasa taking Simba to the top of the mountain to show him the kingdom that will one day be his. And Simba sees the elephant graveyard in the distance that's going to kick everything off. In Avatar, it's Jake Sully transferring his consciousness into the alien body for the first time, which means that he can get the use of his legs again and he discovers more of the planet that he's on. In Legally Blonde, it's Elle Woods going to a restaurant with her boyfriend thinking that he's going to propose to her but instead he breaks up with her because she's not serious enough. It's the moment that kickstarts the hero and pushes them into a whole new situation. But you would be familiar with this in your everyday life because it's not just in movies that these things happen. It's the moment that you discover that you've got unexpected feelings for somebody you didn't realise. Like maybe you go to Germany for four weeks and realise that the friend that you had for many years, you actually feel like you... Uh, kind of in love with her and decide to come back to Australia. and Like, just as a hypothetical, you know. (laughs) Maybe it's you reconnecting with an old friend. Maybe it's getting a job opportunity. It's finding out you're pregnant. It's being asked to take the lead. It's discovering something new. It's somebody asking you out. It's somebody dumping you. These are all catalysts, inciting incidents to a whole new story. The sad thing is, many people live their lives like that Chilean producer's movie. Nothing happens. We just keep going around and around in the ordinary world. Why is that? Why do some people lead dull lives? Why is that? Is, has God just forgotten about you? Is he actually just not... Call, he's calling everybody else to adventure, but, but you're not really good enough and he sort of stuffed you up a bit, so he's just going to leave you on the sidelines till he, so he can use someone better. Of course not. Of course not. The real reason that we end up leading dull lives is because we have become deaf to the call of God. His call to adventure is always there. But it's fear that keeps us from stepping out into the new world. That's why in Strictly Boring, there's that brilliant line A life lived in fear is a life half lived. Write that down, tweet that. That's good. What's the opposite of fear keeping us cooped up inside in our ordinary world? The opposite is Hebrews 11, where Paul's talking about how every extraordinary life, every extraordinary feat, every extraordinary story was by faith. It's by faith that we conquer fear. It doesn't mean that fear is absent. It's faith that pushes us into the new world and that's what has us overcome fear. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. If you feel afraid, go and read that 10 times over and over again. There's a book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell, and he talks about the many myths of every culture of every time period and the similarities between those myths. And in this book on page 49, for those of you who've got it on your bookshelf and want to go look it up, Here's what he says about the call unanswered. He says, often in actual life and not infrequently in the myths and popular tales, we encounter the dull case of the call unanswered, for it's always possible to turn the ear to other interests. Refusal of the summons converts the adventure into its negative. Walled in boredom, hard work, or quote-unquote culture The subject loses the power of significant affirmative action and becomes a victim to be saved. His flowering world becomes a wasteland of dry stones and his life feels meaningless, even though he may through titanic effort, succeed in building an empire of renown. Whatever house he builds, it will be a house of death, a labyrinth of cyclopean walls to hide from him his minotaur. All he can do is create new problems for himself and await the gradual approach of his disintegration. I I love the way he writes. It's so like epic, isn't he? But how do you become a hero in your own story? The hero hears and answers the call to adventure. And for that, you need to switch on your faith on the inside and let faith overrule your fear. If we don't accept the call to adventure, you stop being the hero and you become a victim in need of saving. That's not a good thing. Then you need other heroes around you to come and rescue you from, your, from the dungeon which you have chosen for yourself. The call to adventure makes me think of how Jesus called his disciples to adventure. And I don't know if you've ever struggled with this, but often I think about the way that Jesus called his first disciples. And it all seems very strange and abrupt because in two of the gospel accounts, he just comes up to them randomly on the side of the lake and says, come on, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And then they just drop everything and go and follow him. And I'm thinking, who does that? Like, who? they didn't even know who he is or what he's doing. Who just... Who just has a random man come up to them and say, yes, I'll follow you with my whole life, of course. But Luke gives us a different account and he gives us a little bit more detail and actually tells the story. In Luke chapter 4, before he calls the disciples, Jesus visits Simon's house. I don't know if you've picked up on this before. It's before Simon was a disciple. Simon was married and his mother-in-law is sick. Jesus comes and heals her, asks her to prepare food for them, and then they eat together. And it's then in chapter 5 of Luke, starting in verse 1, that's when this story unfolds. It says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the Word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. Notice that Jesus kind of just takes on the boat. He's just like, yeah, this is, I'm, yeah. Anyway, I don't know, you might, have not, might not have noticed that. You might not have needed to. It might be totally irrelevant. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let, your, let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night, didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, turn to the person next to you and say, but if you say so. There's a couple of people with nobody next to them. That's a little awkward for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. Okay, when Simon Peter realised what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me. That's the refusal of the call, which we're gonna talk about next week. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid, for now on you will be fishing for people. And there's the promise of the transformation. Notice he says, what does he say is holding him back? Fear, don't be afraid. From now on you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Okay, this is starting to make some more sense, is it not? Simon is a married man living in the first century Galilee, and he works hard as a fisherman until one day after working all through the night, catching nothing, a travelling teacher comes and asks him to borrow his boat that he might speak from it. What if Simon had said, no, thank you, I am very tired? I need to go home. I'm too busy fixing my net. We've finished fishing for the day. You can't borrow the boat. But the story that we get is what if he had said yes? What if he had said, if you say so, I will put the nets out again? If you know Peter's story, you know that he goes on a transformative journey. The miracle of the fish is just the beginning. It's not the end. It's not the point of the story. The miracle of the fish is not so that Peter can just be wealthy in his profession and finally have enough to feed his family and thank you, I'll go home now with everything that I need. The miracle of the fish is to show him the power that's available to him that he might then follow Jesus and go on a new adventure, become a new person, be transformed on the inside, that he might become the fisher. For people which he's destined to from the beginning and I mean it's like it's fishing for Simon but it's whatever it is for you like if you're a baker Jesus is the bread of life for me he is like the great author of life the storyteller J. John does a whole thing you can look it up online it's good I'm not going to try and repeat it <laughs> and so when have you heard the whisper of the Lord asking you to do something Just like for Peter, it begins as something small. It's not always clear why he's asking you to do something or how much he's asking you to do. It's not always clear what the payoff will be. Simon was a fisherman and Jesus was a rabbi and Jesus is giving him instructions on how to go and fish. Not only that, he's giving him instructions that don't really make much sense. They normally fish at night, not during the day. The nets were made for shallow water, he tells them, to go into the deep. And they'd already been fishing all night and they'd caught nothing. But here's what I think we need to grab hold of. But if you say so, if you say so, I will do it. Even though it might not make any sense, this may be me on the precipice of going on an adventure into an unknown world that you are calling me to that you might bring about transformation and i don't want to be left behind in my ordinary world as the hero who's given up his call to become a victim in my own life who needs to be saved so we need to learn to listen to the quiet requests of the holy spirit the call to adventure can begin for you maybe as a little thing a prompting to do something. Maybe it's to send a text. Maybe it's take a moment and greet a stranger you've never met before. Maybe it's to listen a little better than you normally would. Pray with somebody. Go out of our way to help others or go a different way than you have before. It might not make sense, but if you say so, that's faith in action. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Why don't you stand with me here this morning? I believe God's God callings for people here this morning that He has been speaking to you for some time and He wants you to respond here and now. I don't know what they are, but if you tune your ear to heaven, you can hear what He's speaking to you. So I would invite you to just close your eyes wherever you are here and online and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you There may be dreams that you've let go of, things that you've longed for, which you've pushed down to, to swap for safety and comfort. There may be strange ideas you have that you think are some conjuring of your weird psyche. I would invite you to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you calling me to? What plan, what purpose do you have for me in my life? You may have already experienced an inciting incident, something that's thrown you way off course, that can lead to all kinds of fear, all kinds of uncertainty. And as you're navigating that new situation, I would invite you to just put your trust and your faith in the Lord. You don't need to be enough for the journey ahead. You just need to have Him with you, for He is enough. I want to ask you if you've never given your life into His hands, if you've never answered the call to say, yes, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. So I'm going to ask if you're here in person or online and you want to put your life in Jesus' hands, answer His call to adventure. He's calling you to come and follow Him to follow Him and be His disciple, that He might teach you and transform you. Just like Peter, He's calling you out, saying, come, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. If that's you, if you wanna to respond to His call, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand right now. here or click the button, raise hand online. And one of our team is gonna pray with you and help you to follow Jesus, set you on the path take those first steps into His Kingdom. Thank You, Jesus. Father, we thank You for every heart that's represented here and online. God, we thank You that You are moving to call us into adventure. Lord, I pray that You would help us turn our ears to Heaven and hear what You have planned for us in Jesus' Name.